Today is Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Israel strikes back in a massive way. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you're with us getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday morning, bright and early. It's been a heavy week, to say the least, with everything going on in Israel. And joining me now to cover some more on it and other news going on around the world, Trey Gons Phillips, Billy Hallowell. Gentlemen, how's it going? Doing well, doing well, considering the chaos going on yeah. around us. Yeah, for sure. Stuff like this makes you really grateful for you know, peace. Yeah. Yeah, 100% and living in a relatively peaceful country for the most part. I mean, we have our share of issues, but when you see bomb, sh even just the fact that they have bomb shelters in southern Israel, that is like a way of life there. Hey, you're on a playground. The kids might have to run into a bomb shelter. Uh, and then you see the images coming out. You're not even safe in there. It's just it's disturbing stuff. And uh, it's, it's only going to get... Um, more chaotic from here as you're seeing different sides start to speak out. We're going to dive into that and more today. Plus, Chris Mitchell is speaking with a member of the Knesset. We will have that conversation on the main thing. Guys, what do we have on the focus story? Yeah, we're going to be talking about a TV host who really had no patience for the way that some are framing the Hamas terror attack. So we'll, we'll talk about that. All right. Looking forward to all those and more. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. Israel has responded to Hamas's terrorist attack with a series of devastating airstrikes, leaving at least a thousand Hamas militants dead, according to the IDF. Benjamin Netanyahu said that Israel didn't want this war in the first place, but they will finish it. Israel's UN ambassador also told media outlets that Israel's top priority right now is to, quote, obliterate Hamas terrorist capabilities. That's after Hamas had threatened to execute civilian hostages and broadcast those executions if airstrikes targeted Gaza without warning. The number of hostages held in Gaza is unknown, but the estimates are between 100 and 150. Hamas has said they've got more than 100 captives, and among them, they say, are Israeli army officers. And the criticisms are beginning to pour in. This is just a few days after one of the worst terrorist attacks in modern history. Now, protests in support of Hamas and Gaza are, are condemning Israel for its response to this unprovoked terror attack. You had Representative Ilhan Omar essentially seeming to equate the Israeli victims with the Gaza victims in the uh, responding attacks by Israel. There are other responses, including a massive protest at Harvard. We'll get into all that uh, coming up on the podcast. But stay tuned to CBN News for updates. The CBN News YouTube channel, Chris Mitchell and the Jerusalem Dateline team have incredible updates. They will keep you informed. CBNnews.com as well. All right, guys, Billy Trey, you know, looking at some of these protests that are starting to pop up, um, I just wanted to mention this one uh, professor, Lawrence Summers, you may be familiar with him. He's affiliated with Harvard. This is what he said. In nearly 50 years of Harvard affiliation, I've never been as disillusioned and as alienated as I am today 
The silence from Harvard's leadership so far, coupled with a vocal and widely reported student group statement blaming Israel solely, has allowed Harvard to appear at best neutral toward acts of terror against the Jewish state of Israel. He went on to say that Harvard's being defined by the morally unconscionable statement apparently coming from two dozen student groups blaming all the violence on Israel. I'm sickened. I cannot fathom the administration's failure to disassociate the university and condemn this statement. This this administration, guys, at Harvard, they, they've released statements on other big societal issues like police brutality, things of that nature they've taken strong stands on. So the silence is deafening on this one for the Jewish community. And it's not just Harvard. You're seeing similar protests pop up around the country now. Yeah. Well, I think the question that we have to answer here, is it ever okay to rape, pillage, drag people out of their homes, murder, decapitate ever? Is that ever okay? And we know the answer to that. So the fact that there would be any sort of silence on this whatsoever at any level is absolutely among the most deplorable, complicit things I've, I've ever experienced. It, it's so shocking to me that this is where we are right now. Yeah, well, we talked briefly about this yesterday on the podcast. I think Israel is the only uh, state in which we make some justifications and exceptions for violence. Normally, we condemn violence because that's the right thing, right? It doesn't matter if you're being attacked. We are going to condemn you for or condemn the attackers against you because that's the right thing to do, right? When you have been invaded, you are living in your land peacefully, and somebody comes in and invades your your land uh, unprovoked. That's an attack, and that should be condemned. But with Hamas and with Israel, we make all of these justifications. It's like, well, it was bad, but you know, when when you add the but, it kind of you know just dis, dismisses everything you said before that. Yeah. And we only do that with Israel. Yeah, it sure seems that way. And you know, you look, you have a lot of people here in America saying words are violence. And then when you have actual violence like this, it's it seems to be difficult for some who were claiming that words are violence to muster the ability and the intestinal fortitude to condemn actual violence and not just violence, some of the worst, grossest, vile, evil violence you'll ever see in your life. I mean, we, we were talking about it, guys, ahead of this podcast earlier, and there are reports and the reporters there on the ground and you can see they're shook up. She's relaying this information that the soldiers are giving her and that she's seeing 40 babies carried away in body bags, some of them decapitated. I mean, you have I, apologies for the, the just the horrible nature of that, but you need to know the context here. And you have one side decapitating babies. So there is no moral equivalency here. You can't say, well, we don't want Israel to shoot too many rockets back at Gaza terrorists. These are not the same things. No, they're, they're not the same things. This is absolute terrorism. It is so ugly and disgusting. The fact that anybody can look, I can't even emphasize it enough. It's so appalling. But to your point, yeah. the reporter, the reporter, you know, while she was giving this report, you could hear she wanted to cry. It sounded like yeah. the entire time. And she's, I mean, it's unimaginable. 40 babies and children. And I don't even think we've probably seen the worst of what is going on. I think there are probably other things we haven't even heard, but you know, by the way, this, this guy, Lawrence Summers, he was the former president, obviously, of Harvard. So this yeah. is somebody who really, 
um, could be silent, could sit there, you know, more power to him for being bold and speaking out. Yeah. It's unfortunate though, that we have to, I mean, I agree with you, Billy, but it's unfortunate that we have to say they're being bold or they're being brave for making the comments that they make. But unfortunately, right, right. It should not even be said to begin with uh, because it shouldn't need to be said, uh, but that we're in that place culturally, uh, you know, it, it's important that people speak out like him. It's important that he says what he sa- is, is saying. So uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And, and look, we'll, again, we're going to keep updating this as it goes on. And this is supposed to go on for a while now. I mean, the, the ground invasion is the next big thing. And we will go live with coverage once that is underway. But all the signs point to that as these hostages are there. Uh, trapped now and some of the stories are coming and we'll get into those in the coming days but there are some of these stories about how these people got abducted and the last time their loved ones saw them it's horrifying stuff and Israel is moving to work to get them back we're going to go now to our focus story News Nation host Dan Abrams he hit back earlier this week at MSNBC's coverage of this Hamas terror attack so what happened here yeah, you know, he he did a monologue on Monday that really um, is worth watching. He talked about the false equivalencies that he said essentially amount to a defense and an excuse of Hamas's terror. And he started his segment out. He was really kind of decreeing left wing media coverage in general. He said, you know, there's a there's a lot out there again that really sort of almost justifies Hamas by not referring to them as terrorists, those who are responsible for this attack, instead calling them fighters or some other, you know, benign designation. Uh, but the, the outlet that really took the brunt of, um, you know, his ire was MSNBC. You know, he talked about MSNBC, different hosts and guests who had, were on the network in recent days, trying to, quote, shift blame away from the terrorists and instead um, really focus on the plight of the Palestinians. That was something that, that he highlighted. Also, he said there was a bizarre victim blaming when it came to Israel. Uh, really sort of pushing this narrative that it was the U.S. and Israel and their failed policies that were to blame for the Hamas terror attack. And again, he sort of systematically went through example by example. But there's one point in this in this diatribe where he's really, you can tell, frustrated. He's sarcastic. He says, right, it's Israel's fault. It's the United States' fault. The policies that somehow justify or even explain the slaughter, rapes, and kidnapping of innocent civilians. And again, being sarcastic there um, and saying how ridiculous it is to try to put the blame for this terror attack back on the U.S. or Israel. Um, He talked about the fact that this really seems to be something that is just trying to be framed in a way that would appeal to far left viewers of the network. And so he had more to say, but that's sort of an overview. It's pretty powerful segment. Yeah. Why uh, do you think his argument about both sides is pertinent? Yeah, you know, he talked about the fact that that this is worse than a double standard. This is not a both side sides issue. These are terrorists. He kept emphasizing that, you know, we're approaching this a lot of people as though there are two sides here that need to be given equal weight. And, you know, he made the point that is not the case. And again, he went through the examples of murder and terror, some of them that we just talked about in the last segment here um, that that really illustrate that. These are terrorists that we need to not excuse this or place the blame on anyone other than those responsible for these horrific acts. He's not alone in his criticisms either. The ADL director had some things to say. What happened there? 
Yeah, Jonathan Greenblatt, he actually was on the network earlier this week. This got a lot of attention. And I bring this up because Dan Abrams actually focused on this in his in his um, commentary. Uh, but Jonathan was on the network and he was like, look, I love this show. I love this network, but I have to ask who's writing the scripts, Hamas? <laughs> and then he went on to say, the people who did this, they are not fighters. They are not militants. And I'm looking right at the camera. And if you've seen this clip, and if you haven't, it's, it's worth watching. He then looks at the camera and he talks about the fact that Hamas are, they are terrorists. It's a barbarian who rapes and brutalizes women, I'm quoting him here, who kills children in front of their parents and then brings them over to Gaza, who literally we've heard all these reports and we know aren't just reports. And so he then told MSNBC to get the story right. And that's very rare, by the way, that somebody is you know, on a network condemning that network yeah. live. Uh, yeah. pretty, pretty notable. Well, you know that person has some character then if they're willing to do that because... I mean, anyone writing your paycheck and you're willing to stand on your principle, I think is commendable uh, and regardless of whatever the situation is. So, I mean, these look, it's important that anytime somebody is kind of taking a stand on this, because those equivalencies can, the I, I would say false equivalencies, right? Like saying, well, well, why would they do that? You know, as you were talking about there, Billy, that's shouldn't even engage in that because when you do it it really does diminish what's happening you, you're giving some sort of justification on that and if you apply that to almost any other situation there's there's no way even the same people making these equivalencies would do it you would not do that um on a police brutality situation for example you just wouldn't see it yeah it's it's bizarre to me that um that it, it's okay to make this both sides argument when I remember Donald Trump got in trouble for saying the same thing uh, with Charlottesville, like in 2017, yeah. 2018. So yeah, he got in trouble for saying that and people were making this argument and obviously Hamas and Israel, that is on steroids, not even comparable <laughs> right. to the statement that Trump was making. So it should be even more obvious uh, the problem with equivocating Hamas terrorists uh, to Israelis living in their home country. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think anytime that we're putting we're putting a, a country that that is just existing, a very small country, by the way, that's just existing, and comparing them to terrorists who are openly attacking them, and by the way, who have a their like their stated goal is to wipe yeah. Israel off the face of the earth. How how on earth can you put those people uh, on on even footing? Yet yeah, that's that's the conversation that we're having. Right. If it, if that's their stated goal, then. That would be the reason why they're doing these things. <laughs> there's there's no other reason for it. They want to wipe them off the map. That seems to fit into this agenda, walking in there and killing people fits that agenda. So it's uh, maybe it's not as complicated as some people want to make it out to be. Sometimes there's just evil in the world and you got to you got to call it out. But appreciate you bringing that one uh, to the pod, Billy. We are going to move over to the main thing now. And Chris Mitchell, who's CBN's Middle Eastern bureau chief, he's in Jerusalem. He's been covering this war since it broke out, the early hours of the attacks. He's been there in Jerusalem reporting on it. And yesterday he caught up with a member of the Knesset, Sharon Haskell. They talked about how Israelis are coping, how they're feeling, path forward, all of that. And we're going to play a bit of that conversation here for you on today's Main Thing. We spoke with member of Knesset Sharon Haskell. You saw her in our report. She's a mother herself about some of her reactions. 
Sharon Haskell, our member of Knesset, uh, thanks for joining us. First of all, is 72 hours uh, in plus after this uh, invasion by Hamas. Uh, you're an Israeli, you're a mother uh, of, of small children and a member of the Knesset. But tell us how you're feeling right now and uh, your reaction to what's happened in the last several days. Well, Chris, we're absolutely devastated and heartbroken from what have happened. Uh, yesterday, I was sitting and reading about a couple who have locked their twin in a shelter and they were murdered. And those twins were for 14 hours by themselves, just 10 months old. And, you know, I have twins who are a year old. And just imagining what they've been through is absolutely devastating. Those images of children and women and bodies being paraded in the streets of Gaza, being spat on and bitten, um, is absolutely horrifying to think that our babies are there in the streets uh, as hostages. Uh, it is absolutely heartbreaking and terrifying. Um, we've never experienced anything like that. Uh, not through our entire history. I don't think since the Holocaust we have experienced such a massacre. Um, I cannot explain to someone those, those, those images of a battalion, a battalion of terrorists running, invading towns and cities, infiltrating there, going from home to home from family to family, massacring them, women, children, babies. This is absolutely heartbreaking and devastating. It is only similar to those images of ISIS that some people have seen in recent years. This is what it is. In the past 72 hours, there's been a great deal of sympathy for uh, Israel. Uh, and yet, do you feel like as time goes on, and as a possible ground incursion goes on, that the sympathy may wane if the perspective, if the pictures of the videos come out and sort of change the narrative. Is that a very important uh, point to make in the next several days and weeks? Um, more so than the actual narrative, um, you know, I can't ignore because I actually saw um, some demonstrations happening in Texas, in Los Angeles, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, in support of Hamas. These are people who are marching in support of a massacre uh, of, of, of children, of women. It is heartbreaking to see people in America, uh, in Canada, in Australia, in Europe, marching in support of a slaughter of families, of babies, of women. Um, so, you know, uh, it's very difficult to fight some of the propaganda and some of the lies that they're spreading uh, on social media, uh, but they're still attempting. And we see that they're marching proudly on those streets. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and it's devastating. I understand it probably uh, uh, will go back into a fight about the information and about the narrative. But... You cannot change the fact, you cannot change history, you cannot change the fact that a battalion of terrorists have entered Israel and have committed crimes against humanity. You see through these videos, women who were raped, who were mutilated, who their bodies is paraded in the streets of Gaza. You see them parading children 
being beaten with sticks and being spat on. Children, you see babies in cages. You see mothers who are worried about their kids that have been uh, 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 kidnapped and are hostages in, in, in the hands of a terrorist organization that has mutilated bodies, beheaded bodies. I mean, you cannot change the fact that more than 1,000 Israelis have lost their life in a massive massacre that Hamas has made. Yeah, it's, uh, it's heart-wrenching. I know also, uh, Sharon, and I'm sure you're aware that many, many evangelical Christians around the world are praying for Israel right now, uh, despite some of the pro-Hamas demonstrations. Uh, how would you encourage those Christians to be praying and helping and standing in the gap for Israel right now? Go out and march in the streets. Show your power. Show your faith. Don't be afraid. Be proud of it. Show it. This is not a fight between Hamas and Israel, and not even between Israel and Iran. This is a war between radical Islam, extreme Islam, against our values of liberty, of equality, of freedom. This is what we're fighting on, and we need your support. We need your prayer, but we need you to go out and prayer out in the street, march proud, and show those people who are chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Today in the streets of Chicago, in Texas, in Austin, in Los Angeles, in Philadelphia, show them that they have to be ashamed of themselves when they support such atrocities, a terrible massacre, a, a murdering of children, raping of women. Go out and, show, and, and tell them that they have to be ashamed of this, themselves, that this is unacceptable in the Western world where our values are values that cherish the individual liberties, freedom of religion, condemn racism. These are our values, and this is what we need to march and parade in the streets all around the world. Yeah. If people want to see you on Facebook and uh, find your Facebook page, how can they, how can they find you? So uh, uh, please search on Facebook, Sharon Haskell. This is S-H-A-R-R-E-N, Haskell, H-A-S-K-E-L. Um, we've just, I've just opened it, and I will uh, uh, upload as much information as possible from what is happening here on the ground. And uh, final question, Sharon. Uh, you know, there's been talk about a national unity government. Do you see that as a possibility? And also, is absolutely. there a likelihood? Uh, Go ahead. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, absolutely. And I really, really hope so. I think that time after time throughout history, and uh, uh, Chris, you can look through the stories of the Bible. Every time that the Jewish people were, was united, we overcame so many wars and atrocities and, and, and things and miracles that actually happened to our people. And every time we were divided, these are also two times that the kingdom, the Judean kingdom uh, of, of, of David and Solomon uh, uh, were, were completely destroyed by the Greeks, by the Romans. Time after time, if we weren't united together, we would fall. When we are united, this is our biggest strength. And so I pray and I really hope um, that Netanyahu respond positively to our 
uh, offer to a unity government, an emergency government during these times of war. Yeah. And you do see Israelis right now unified around uh, fighting? Yeah, absolutely. People have been called from Tel Aviv and from Sderot, from uh, the north and from the south, from Judea and Samaria, from Jerusalem, uh, the Druze community. Everybody are joining together forces uh, in order to win this war. This is a war on our home. This is a war, a war uh, on our values, on our beliefs and on our religion. Yeah. Well, Sharon Haskell, member of Knesset, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today and hope that everyone's going to be following you on Facebook. Thank you very much, Chris. All right, Chris, thanks so much for that. Again, stay tuned to CBN News and the CBN News YouTube channel, cbnnews.com, for the latest coverage from our team in Israel and also our teams in Virginia Beach and our teams in Washington, D.C. that are covering this obviously huge a global story that has kind of gripped the world and and not in a good way. It's it's very sad, very tragic. So appreciate that interview there, Chris, on the podcast today. And that's going to leave us, guys, with time for one last thing. Yes. So we are looking at Proverbs 5.22. The evil deeds of the wicked ensnare them. The cords of their sins hold them fast. And we're looking at true evil right now. And this is just a reminder that nobody can escape truth and God. And, and that's something that I think gives us some peace in the midst of this. Yeah. Look, I mean, God's wrath is there and it's not to be trifled with. And even if you don't get justice here on this side of eternity. You will um, on the other side of eternity. So that that justice is coming. God's justice is coming. He's perfectly just, and no evil deed is going to go unpunished. And so that's why we're thankful we're under the umbrella of Christ's uh, grace, because we're all sinners and we all fall short. But unrepentant, I'm assuming most of these terrorists are not are unrepented non-followers of Christ, and they're going to have their evil deeds, um, you know, paid for. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the ultimate comfort as believers. I don't know how people who are not believers and trusting in a sovereign God can find peace, but knowing that in the end, Christ will return and be victorious, I think is a great comfort in the midst of such pain. Amen. Good spot to leave it on the pod today. As always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We're going to be back here tomorrow with more of the same. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. And don't forget to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Quick start podcast at cbn.org. God bless. See you tomorrow.